and welcome to yet another episode of the brood sages this is episode four a new bloke sabaiku is here with me as always sabaiku how are you fantastic I am so glad to hear that. I am thrilled to be uh, announcing that we have a guest host this week, uh, and our guest host is Arthas. Arthas, how are you? Hello, peoples. It's Arthas Rue here, and I am actually really, really excited to be here. It's it's a real honor for sure to be on a podcast, talk about the community, because I'm all about that. Well, uh, as you've noticed, we've named episode four after a certain other franchise, and that franchise happened to have a few people that became rather large followers of it. I'm hoping that we could someday share that sort of success. And I'm sure when it happens, they'll all say the same thing, which is you can forget about episodes one, two, and three. Episode four is really where the franchise truly began. Hopefully, though, we don't follow in any more of the footsteps after that. In episode five, no one ends up kissing their sister. So moving on from there, Sabaiku, we normally start off with how our weeks were. So I'll ask you, how was your week this week? My week was great. I did not do a ton of laddering. Last episode, I was in Platinum 1, knocking on the door of Diamond 5. I got there the day after and then just kind of lightly played until the brawl started. And in the brawl, I went up to the Mythic pack with my wins farther than I had ever gotten. So that felt good. Excellent. I too, uh, I did a little bit of climbing. I'm at uh, Plat 2.4 currently, but I also uh, pushed up for the first time ever to the Mythic pack. And in part, uh, that was due uh, to the brawl being less expensive than normal. And we'll get to that in a minute. But before we do, Arthas, how was your week? I've been really enjoying the anniversary event. Especially the bundles and the uh, the card boosts. Yeah, I gotta say I've spent a lot, a considerable amount of money. <laughs> because I mean, look, okay, the bundles were very, very enticing. Not just that, the bu- the books inside the bundles also have the plus two cards each, and that's that's really hard to say no to. And uh, yeah, the brawl with you know the sale and the discount to the costs, it made it a little more exciting. I got to finally reach. All the way to the 250 rubies milestone, and that's the furthest I've ever gotten. No in kidding. The brawl. Yeah. Congratulations. Last time I checked, I finally got to the leaderboard, and I am on uh, 95. So um, eventually, I'm gonna be off. <laughs> but you know, it's fun while it lasted, right? Yeah, but you made a lot of waves this week uh, with a stream opening a, 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 a few packs, if I recall. So the packs I bought, and this is funny because leading up to the event. I had a lot of currency hoarded. I had like, I think I started with 400 fusion stones. And then I had about like 15,000 gold and 800 <laughs> rubies. You know, just just, just, a, just a regular hoarder's life. <laughs> I mean, I, look, think about it this way. If you don't have to spend it, like, well, why? Why would you then? Right? Just save it for something grand. And so I did. And first off, when I started off the uh, the unboxing, I opened up. 10 mythic books uh, straight from the shop. And these mythic books with the anniversary event actually have plus two cards inside. So instead of the uh, typical six cards of epic or more rarity, they actually have eight now. So that's, that's amazing. And I would play little mini games while I was doing my unboxing of the bundles. Now you see, because I'm opening up 10 mythic books, that's over 80 cards. That's, well, that is 80 cards. I asked people in the stream, like, hey, what do you, what do you guess is a card that we won't see? And that was something uh, really, really exciting because it really uh, kept the audience engaged in the unboxing. <laughs> like, was anyone uh, right? 
Oh yeah, there there are a few of us, you know, that got eliminated pretty quickly, and a lot of it was pretty comical because it's sometimes it's like, oh, uh, Talafa hasn't seen the Yowling Weavers yet, and then two clicks away, there it is. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something like that. It was it was really really fun, and then after I spent my uh, eight hundred rubies. I went to open the uh, $20 bundle. What was it? The third largest bundle of the anniversary event. It's called the Birthday Pack. Yeah. And, and that that was four Mythic Tomes, four Heroic Tomes, and a handful of coins. I believe all three of us purchased that. That is correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry. Actually, that was a mistake. I actually bought that pack on like very late at night when the anniversary update happened. And I didn't get to stream that, but... I gotta tell you, it's one of the best packs I've ever opened because it was extremely lucky. Okay, I'm hearing. <laughs> and this is a funny thing. This is the first time I've ever seen this. But when you're opening a whole bunch of packs at the same time, like from a bundle, sometimes you get duplicates of cards and you see like the subtitle below the card and you see how many copies you got. And you know, you know what's crazy? Mm-hmm. I got four copies of Project Phoenix. <laughs> like, oh <my. laughs> that's just crazy and then to top it all off when i when i went to the very end of the pack i got the epic fusion stones oh yes and i got the legendary fusion stones <laughs> oh, i hope you screenshotted that i have never seen a screenshot of the legendary I did it the, uh, when the update dropped i screenshotted my four copies of phoenix and my uh my 75 fusion stones after that amazing unboxing on my own i wish i recorded it but it really sparked <laughs> kind of a beast inside me because after i opened the 800 rubies of mythics in my st- my uh, stream in the discord i went to open a 50 dollar pack so the second largest no. pack, okay? And this one has 10 Mythic Tomes, 10 Heroic Tomes, and uh, 10 Classic Tomes with 1,500 coins. That's a lot. That's 30 books, all of them with their plus two cards each. With so many books, we even changed the minigame a bit. Uh, we've had people uh, say two cards that won't show up. And only one of us actually survived. And I, oh, man, I forgot who it was. I, I think it was TechPrint. The lucky guy. There was a lot of hype, especially um, with, you know, a decent amount of audience during the time. Everyone is really hyped to see, you know, something so grand, so live. It's kind of like they were there with me and really experiencing it. And it was really an amazing moment. And a lot of other people who arrived later, like near the end of the unboxing, it was a bit sad because they were missing out, you know, with so much hype and actually really, really good draws. I went nuts. (laughs) <laughs> well, you, you are now officially a whale, my friend. No, no, no. It, it doesn't stop there. Oh, no. <laughs> what did you do next? <laughs> I bought the $100 pack. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, re- I'm so insane. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You, you were $170 in? So yes. the 100 pack is 20 <laughs> Mythic Tomes, 20 Heroic Tomes, 20 Classic Tomes, 5,000 Coins, and 50 Fusion Stones. So all told, that means you opened up 34 Mythic Tomes and 34 Heroic Tomes and 30 Classic Tomes just from your purchases, <laughs> not from the yeah. not from the gold or rubies you had hoarded. Yep, not, not even from like the rubies I got from, from Brawl. <laughs> And yeah, that was a really grand unboxing. And I gotta say, you know, we did our mini game. We we asked we we did we chose two cards each that we weren't gonna see. 
one by one, people were uh, getting knocked out, and Dirk actually called that he would see every single legendary at least once, and he was correct. And <laughs> apparently, there was only one card that I didn't get a single copy of in the entire unboxing. What was that? It was Frost Hexers. <laughs> it's, it's such a random card, but like I got copies for every single one and all my legendaries. I, I don't think I have a single legendary that isn't level four now. It's my sad evolution to a to a whale from a free-to-play player. <laughs> well, by the time uh, you're listening to this, the extra cards from the packs will be over, but the packs that you can buy for your local currency will still be available in the shop until September 24th. So if hearing this inspires you to drop $170 <laughs> on the game, go right ahead. Yeah, knock yourself out. Be the second person to buy the $100 pack. Yeah, no, I went a little too crazy there. That's all right. All right, so so this, this segues very nicely into our news section. And the news, obviously... Unless you've uh, been under a rock or you don't play Stormbound, in which case, why are you listening to this podcast? But the news is that uh, uh, Stormbound is celebrating its three-year anniversary. And of course, a lot of things have changed this year. Paladin handed over the reins to uh, Sheepyard. uh, And Sheepyard uh, made some wonderful decisions about how to celebrate. And most of those decisions had to do with either gifting us stuff outright or giving us significant discounts uh, uh, for things like Brawl. Brawl got much, much cheaper. Or uh, also uh, just giving us additional bonuses when we purchased uh, either using gold or cash packs. All the uh, the packs had additional cards in them. There were a few other things that happened simultaneously. There was an AMA. We'll get to that probably next week because we're going to be a little pressed for time today. There was wallpapers that were released. It was uh, one heck of an event, would you not say, Sabaiku? Absolutely. It was great to see them uh, listening to the community feedback and also giving back to the community that really supported the game through these last three years. I will say I hope that they take a lesson away from this, that the Brawl specifically is a lot more engaging when it costs less and people, more people can participate and more people can play it for longer. I know a lot of players, especially free-to-play players, don't really get to enjoy the Brawl as much because they don't feel like they can compete in the games and keeping, keeping it inexpensive to play really helps drive up engagement there, I suspect. Yeah, my, my take on it, and Arthas, you're, you're, uh, I'd like to hear from you next, but um, mm-hmm. my take on it is that uh, in general, if you're still trying to build your library, you need gold to pay for, you know, upgrading to level four is a few hundred gold. Upgrading to level five is a thousand gold. Like, yeah. like the, 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 the gold that you acquire throughout the week, oftentimes you want to put that right back into your library to become more competitive on ladder. And then with Brawl costing as much as it does, it really feels like it limits the F2P player's ability to to participate deeply into the brawl. Like you can go to the 10 fusion oh, yeah. stones, which is what I do. Uh, do. Do you feel the same or do you feel like... Uh, well, no, I would like to read? point it. I would like to point out that you just admitted you bought the $20 pack. You can't call yourself free to play anymore. <laughs> okay, well, that is also true. Uh, I regret nothing. Uh, uh, no, no, I'll, 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 I'll put all cards on the table. I've probably put, at this point, probably 60 to $80, somewhere in that range, into the game. Yeah, I actually bought three other bundles before, like prior to this anniversary event. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I bought the Shadowfin book because I was really curious and I was a passionate shadow fit player and i still am yeah no, I, I wasn't I, I was very unlucky about that so i was like no i'm not spending money in this game ever again 
And then, <laughs> no, no, no. $170 and then, later. No, 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 no. You see, they released Elders. You know, Brawl was mm-hmm. out and Elders were the new, the new shiny thing of the game. And they were looking really, really powerful. And me, myself being a very active equals tournament player, I like to get my, a hand of all of those Elders, right, in my collection. And... I very quickly bought myself the the full elder bundle, so I unlocked all of them instantly, and it really helped during the elder tournament. <laughs> that was really fun. Imagine. All right, so that's the news that we'll we'll hit up this week. Uh, the the anniversary bundle. Unfortunately, if you're listening to this and we're unaware of it, it's basically at its close by the time this uh, episode is going to get released. But hopefully, you got to enjoy it while it was out. If nothing else, you were totally surprised when you logged in and found that you got a whole bunch of coins and rubies. So yay. Any other thoughts on the news, uh, Subaiku, before we move on? Nope. <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> Onwards. <laughs> Onwards and upwards, folks. All right. So that moves us into the next section. And this is what we really wanted to focus on today. And part of the reason why we invited Arthas to join us. Now that you all have found yourselves with all these great new resources, um, maybe you've bought bundles and you've gotten additional cards, you've upgraded them, you've got brand new shiny decks that feel like they should be a lot more competitive because the levels have been upgraded, or maybe you've moved into a new faction and you're finally thinking, okay, well, this is finally the time. Now that I've got this, you know, stronger faction for this particular meta we're in right now, I'm going to finally make platinum or I'm going to finally make diamond. And the question is, were the resources that you put into those decks all that's necessary? Or maybe, just maybe, there's some personal improvement in your play that needs to happen simultaneously to really get maximum leverage out of those new cards. And so that's what we want to talk about today is we know how to improve our library. Coins, rubies, dollars, if you got it. Your credit card's the most powerful card in the game. <laughs> um, but but how do we actually improve our play? And so I think we'll kick it off. So, Baiku, you have some very strong thoughts, I think, on what it takes to improve and, and, and how easy or difficult that may be in this particular game. Yeah, there's a lot of value in having higher level cards, and it's very easy to blame a loss on your opponent having cards that are better than yours and it's something that we certainly discussed in the past it feels bad when you have all level threes and you're playing against someone with all level fives but just because you're playing against somebody with stronger cards doesn't mean that you're automatically going to lose and a lot of that comes down to just how well you play there's a lot of challenge i think in this game with improving your play because it's complex to learn from your mistakes and i think learning from your mistakes understanding your mistakes and learning from your mistake is obviously the only path to getting better at playing but because the game is pretty complicated and because of some of the design decisions that went into the game it's very hard to improve on that so it's hard to say did i just get out leveled did i get out positioned did i cycle my cards poorly is his deck just a counter to my deck or is his faction just a counter to my faction the feedback mechanism in this game is broken because there are just so many inputs that you have to consider and asking yourself at least the right 
questions to understand is is very valuable. I just want to clarify one thing on it, though. I, I do think that that same complexity is part of what attracts us to the game and part of why we love it as much as we do is that it is incredibly complicated. Every turn has a lot of decision points in it. And it's not just do I play the card that costs five mana because I have five mana to play. Even selecting the right card, to your point, is nowhere near enough. Selecting the right card and choosing where to put it on the board, that's a step in the right direction. Uh, choosing which card to cycle and then knowing whether to cycle before or after you play that card. Boy, all of those are very important decision points in this game that make it sometimes hard to tell. Like You feel like you played it right, but you don't have, to your point, the feedback mechanism is so nebulous. You're like, well, I made the right choices. I played the right cards. I played my strongest card every turn that I could or whatever it is. And somehow I still lost. And and in all of those nebulous variables could be, well, yeah, but you, <laughs> you misplayed it in the wrong spot or you're cycling incorrectly. So your, your finisher wasn't there on the right turn. All of those kinds of things are in play. That's fair. And we didn't even get to the most important question. Fundamentally, just did you build your deck well in the first place? Maybe your lowest mana cost card is five mana and that's you know a different problem. And obviously most of the time it's not that extreme. That's a little hyperbolic, but in general, building the deck to be optimized is hard. Cycling the correct card every turn is hard because you have to have an understanding of when that card is going to come back and an understanding of when you are going to need that card. You know, I play a Shadowfin Rush deck primarily and throwing away Butchers on the opening turn on three mana is not always the right play because sometimes I'm really going to want it on turns on the six or seven mana turn and I just have to gamble that I'm going to draw enough playable cards between now and then to win that's fair especially in the mirror when you know that rain might come down and you just want to be able to soak all the rain up um I'll, I'll use this opportunity to turn it over to arthas to get his point of view i will simply mention the fact that recently i was streaming with arthas he was playing and i was just sort of in the co-pilot's chair and uh, a, a gentleman came in to to say that you know he's struggling to make it up the the, the ladders and we said okay you know post your deck and his response was effectively i don't like receiving deck advice uh, <laughs> i remember this it was it was a little difficult to know how to respond to that because you know the, the first step to to improving is admitting that maybe you don't know everything and uh so you have to be open to the possibility that advice can come at you from any direction and with that arthas i'll hand it over to you and your point well let me tell you about the story of how i improved in this game and it was actually, I remember it very clearly, the steps I took and the resources I had that brought me to the kind of, you know, recognizable player that I am and a member in the community. And me being a very competitive type of player, I really like to focus on improving my, my skill and understanding the mechanics of the game and really pushing the skill cap as high as I can. And especially with a, with a game like Stormbound, where you got to actually collect your cards and you got to invest in your resources, I wanted to make sure I was making the right choices really, really early on in my game. And I still remember this video that I saw on YouTube that was a big turning point 
in my Stormbound career. And this was the video from Dan Su, how to choose which cards to upgrade. And I gotta say, this was probably single-handedly the most useful video I've ever seen in my Stormbound career because it really, really drilled uh, the idea of how to optimize my resources and what kind of cards I should be focusing on. And one of the things that stood out from that video was um, he, he said to focus on upgrading and collecting low-cost neutrals and low-cost faction cards. And when I was a new player, I was like, what? Why, why would you do that? Why would you invest on these really weak two-strength, maybe one-strength cards at level one? They're so bad. Why, why would I use those when I can use something big and chonky like the Veterans of War, right? <laughs> Not only when I watched that video and I learned how to really funnel my resources, I would also look at a lot of other videos of high-level gameplay in Stormbound. And usually this gameplay would, you know, consist of level 4 to 5 cards. And it was just a very different kind of meta that I'm used to somewhere in like silver or gold at the time. And when I saw that this is what's, what's really capable of the game, this is what people, this is what the meta is, that's what I focused on. And even if my decks didn't have the strong cheap cards yet, and even if I didn't use them yet because they were not high enough level, I knew to focus my resources on them. So me, I was I am a Shadowfen player for basically my entire career. And it was very, very appealing because Shadowfen loves to capitalize on the large units and value that the enemies pose. And it really helped me, you know, battle some of those, you know, overleveled opponents. People with like two levels above my... It really helped me uh, stand a chance. And even though they weren't, you know, the top meta cards, they are what I used to stay in my league to improve and to get the resources to funnel them into the low cost. And then eventually more and more low cost cards popped into my deck. And I got better and better. And the thing is, in terms of like skill and mechanics and learning how to optimize your decisions, I think one of the things that really helped me, and this may not be the case for everyone, but because I focused so much on Shadowfen, I didn't have to store as much information in my brain compared to if I learned and spent more time on the other factions. Because once I was comfortable in my Shadowfin faction and I was comfortable with my cards and how to how to make the most out of the value from their abilities, it becomes second nature. And once you have things like that second nature, you got more space in your head to really think about the subtle and intangible details. And this is one thing, and I really recommend people do this if they want to improve. This is one of the easiest things that they can be doing. And well, it may not be easy, but it's one of the simplest things you can be doing. Whenever you're making any kind of move in Stormbound, try to come up with as many reasons as you can as to why you made that move. And that really forces you to think about all the factors you can think of, everything that you know about, things that you know about the enemy or about yourself. And you really drill this kind of like mindset of, okay, when I do this, this is going to happen. And that's why I did it. And then more than that, if you take it further, you can consider multiple choices and then reasons for those multiple choices. With experience, when you're exposed to those choices so, you know, so often, so many times, again, 
that becomes second nature. And then, again, you get more space in your head. And then that's when I started realizing I can actually keep track of my cycle. And then I learned so many techniques, not just for myself, but learning from people's videos, seeing them cycle away cards that I didn't agree with. But looking back, if I do see them cycle such like high-value cards that would have been nice, I could probably come up with a reason as to why they did that. And when I could do that, when I realized I could come up with those reasons and when I was able to predict what the people in the high level would do in their videos as they were doing them, that's when I realized I was really improving. Yeah, I want to go get back to two things that you said there. Uh, the first being focusing on a specific faction. I think that's a great idea, not just because it allows you to focus your style of gameplay, but also because it allows you to focus your resources. And early on, focusing your resources into a handful of cards is much better. The second thing is, yes, find find streamers, find videos on YouTube. There are some people out there that are playing the game and putting the videos on YouTube. And even though you will see them at a high level and see that they are not playing the same game you are when your cards are level one and two and theirs are four and five, you'll still be able to understand if you actually sit down with it and analyze why they're doing what they're doing and what the consequences of that are. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually challenge a little bit from here because there's a couple of things that uh, Arthas has said that I totally agree with, but I think some people listening m might miss the nuance in what he's saying. He isn't self-taught. He taught himself. He found the resources to to you know the the, the learning materials, if you will, uh, in videos, in you know streamers. He could sit down and watch and study. He didn't learn on his own just by playing and saying, well, let's try this card this time. And, oh, that didn't work out. Okay, well, I understand that card's the wrong card to play because that might not be the correct conclusion. The, right, the correct conclusion might be absolutely the right card to play, absolutely the incorrect cell to put it in. If we're going to make a point in this particular podcast, mm -hmm. my personal hope is the point that we can make is that, yes, you can fully self-teach yourself this game. You can trial and error and brute force it and try to figure it out. But you're going to be left to your own to figure out, is the problem that you're playing Veterans of War? Is the problem that you put Veterans of War in that cell? Is the problem that you chose to play Veterans of War instead of two cards on that turn? And and those are and and let alone the other issues of are you correctly predicting what cards are in your opponent's deck? Because if you're playing it, you know, plat, you should know the platinum uh, the platinum meta and, and all those kinds of things. The Discord server has the official Stormbound Discord server, to to my opinion, has been the most invaluable resource for finding out. A, what the meta is, B, how to play it and how to play against it, and, and C, how to improve yourself. I, I, you know, I can think of so many people. Bugs is one of the ones that comes to mind. Myself, uh, players who were nowhere near top tier who have joined the server and within months, mere months, found themselves at Diamond One. Uh, that server has been an incredible resource for learning. And, and Arthas, to your point about watching videos, I watched Reckless's videos when he made them, uh, when he was making them back in the spring. And I have to tell you that being a noob to the game, watching those videos, uh, I, I always watched them on mute while I was rocking, rocking my son to sleep. So I'm not 100% sure that there wasn't narration, but I watched them without it. 
And without watching the narration and just watching gameplay, I didn't understand the cycling decisions. I didn't understand the positioning decisions. And I certainly walked away from several of them thinking, man, he was really lucky that he top decked Forgotten Souls that turn. <laughs> right? Because that, that's my takeaway. As a noob, I'm like, holy smokes, if he didn't find Forgotten Souls that turn, he was toast. But it was all planned. <laughs> of course. Once I told Reckless that, I yes, I've watched your videos, but it's not clicking for me. He gave me step-by-step -step narration of his videos in the Discord. He's like, look, go to four minutes and 22 seconds. You'll see this, that, and the other thing. This is why I'm cycling. This is what I'm doing. And once that level of detail was provided, holy smokes, did the game suddenly become much more intelligible for me and much more enjoyable from the standpoint of, of, of appreciating all the different decision points I have every single turn. Yeah, there, there are a lot of decision points in the game. We can definitely run those down in a little bit, but I want to talk about how the game doesn't make it any easier. I think there are definitely some limitations in the software. Uh, for example, not being able to record or replay your own games. It's very helpful if you want to analyze, well, what could I have done differently if you can go back and rewatch that? And you're left on your own there. Um, you know, if you're playing on mobile, iPhones or Android phones will certainly allow you to record your own screen, but it's not something that most people are going to bother to do. Uh, if you're playing on a laptop, obviously you can record it yourself or stream it into Discord, but that's, again, extra steps that are hard to do. And having the game automatically replay for you when it's an option that you select would be incredibly helpful. Uh, in the same way, being able to chat with the friends on your friends list or spectate the friends on your friends list and allowing for collaborative play, allowing for you and a friend to analyze a turn so you can get some advice maybe from either someone who's played the game longer or teach someone who's played the game less time or just get someone else's point of view. It makes a big difference and it's much easier to learn when you have somebody doing it with you and the software for the game doesn't allow that yeah i would certainly agree that the 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 game currently relies on discord as a crutch right one of the most common arthas i i think we we could both agree on this that one of the most common discord posts that generate conversation are mobile screenshots yes hey guys here's my hand what would you do right like <laughs> i see those what three four five times a day and Having played other games, specifically thinking of Hearthstone, these are things that like, I remember vividly. Friends of mine on my friends list would just ping me and say, hey, I see you're, you're online right now. Would you mind spectating a couple of games I'm losing right now? I've lost three, four, five games in a row. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm trying to play this deck. It's in a, you know, a class that you play a lot. So would you mind watching? And that level of collaborativeness really, I thought, helped propel that game to the heights it's hit. And I would love to see Stormbound be able to do the same. And, and currently it's using Discord. I agree with you, Sabaiku, that it's a good enough solution if you have a laptop. But my personal hunch without knowing the actual data is that the vast majority of players of Stormbound and most games like this are in fact on mobile. 
And so it's not as good of a solution for those mobile players. Yeah, I'm certainly mobile only, and um, I would very much appreciate some sort of use for the friends list. I mean, right now you can't even collaborate with a friend. You can't even scrimmage a friend unless you set it up ahead of time outside of the game because the game doesn't have the communication tool that are necessary. Oh, no, no, no. You just go, you go to the official Discord uh, server <laughs> and you go to the friends channel. <laughs> This brings us to one of my one of the things that really excite me in one of the upcoming shipyard updates for the game is that they are actually working on this community tab. This community tab probably helps players uh, really communicate with each other, and there will also be uh, sources of news that are straight from the game. They don't have to be on Discord or social media, and I find that to be incredibly exciting. Yeah, as someone who would really like to start hosting local community events, and I know this is a very niche application for it, but um, hosting local community events like at a coffee shop, I happen to know a coffee shop in town that would love to do it. The big issue is, of course, well, I need to set up, you know, uh, everybody has to bring a laptop or I have to set up two laptops for everybody to log in and play on because we can't use the game client to show the games being played. There's no way to spectate. So it would have to be done on two laptops to, to, to show like, you know, just in general, all the sort of social and community kind of things that come out of a game like this, or you would hope come out of a game like this are currently being supplied through discord admirably, by the way, huge shout out to the mods and everyone who, who makes that discord server, the wonderful resource it is. And for all of our listeners, we highly recommend that you go there, try it out. If you're not getting to platinum and you'd like to, that's the easiest way to get there is you go in there talk to people, learn. But in reality, it's a good enough resource for laptop and PC and Mac users. It's inadequate for mobile users, I think. Yeah. And again, not to denigrate the Discord, uh, which is fantastic and the people on it are great, but the game needs to have those solutions itself. I do think it would be the biggest step towards helping grow the game, right? Is you you already have a friend who you guys play Clash together, or you play whatever game together, and hey, you know, come try this out. I'll spectate you the first couple of games and, and walk you through it, right? I'll help you understand what to do versus, okay, so now share it on your Discord. Yeah, and you're, yeah, okay, good. There you go. Now, okay, now I can spectate. Now let's get into a voice channel together. It's it's a lot more complicated. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with this because, uh, yeah, comparing to a game like uh, Clash Royale, which I have played a decent amount before, it was very, very handy that I could actually uh, talk with my friends. Things like being in a clan, you know, being in a group of people you can talk to, as well as the automatic saves of your replays where you can really watch your game. And that's something that would really boost more player engagement towards the game. And, you know, the more social aspect, it would really help build that bond and investment that people can have for a game like Storm. Which I do think once you get over the initial learning curve hurdle is incredibly fun and immersive, but I do worry that there's a high dropout rate of early adopters because in that early phase when you're just like, I don't get it. What am I supposed to do here? You know, or, or even worse, I went on to uh, Stormbound Kitty, which absolutely you should. Uh, and I found one of the best decks. This one hit diamond one and I just built it. And, you know, all of my cards are level one and two and it's not working. 
you know, without realizing, well, yeah, that Mistwives isn't really going to trigger with any card in your deck. So maybe that's not the deck for you to be playing right now at your <laughs> levels. Like, you know, there, there are so many variables to figuring out how to be successful. It's very difficult for someone who's new to the game to ever be able to to overcome all of those. I agree. And I think the right now the Discord is your best place for the did I build my deck correctly question. That's the place where you get help with optimizing the cards in your deck in order to play it well. But then from there on, you're kind of on your own and do your own research. Absolutely. Find your YouTube videos. And while you're playing the game, ask yourself a lot of questions like am i cycling the right card am i should i cycle this card before i play my cards or after i play my cards am i playing the right cards for this turn should i play that one six mana card or those two three mana cards where should i position them i think really this game the cards matter a lot in the early turns but later on in the game the randomness is mostly gone you're drawing three four five cards a turn depending on how much you cycle you know what cards are coming up and they're going to be coming up pretty reliably because of the way the draws are weighted it's not completely random so you can predict what's coming up if you haven't seen it in a couple turns you know it's going to be there and that takes a lot of the randomness out of it and turns it turns it into a lot less of a card game and a lot more of a positioning game and i think that probably 80 percent of this game is actually about the positioning and 20 percent is about the cards oh yeah i 100 percent agree with that pirate deck mainliners would like to say hi <laughs> but aside from them i think the numbers are about right i, I would agree with 80 20 yeah, and in, in the early games, it absolutely is a card game because there's randomness in terms of not knowing yet what your order of card draw is going to be. Um, but even then, understanding positioning to be able to maximize your chances is the easiest way to be an underleveled card player uh, beating up on, you know, base health 18, 19, 20 whales like Arthas. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> casually I'm drop $170 on the game. Yeah. I'm still base wait, level 17. Hold on a minute. You've <laughs> dropped $170 on this game in the last week, and we're the same base? Hey, admittedly, no almost like 80% of my cards have gold borders now. I have not upgraded them. <laughs> the only cards that are basically upgraded are my Shadowfin cards, because I love Shadowfin. <laughs> so you're just you're artificially keeping your base health low so you can queue into easier matchups oh no that's I not even how is. that works nah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna be talking like that <laughs> but 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 i i do think the three of us uh can, can all agree that we hope this game uh grows by leaps and bounds that that stormbound con does happen in maybe 2021, maybe 2022. Uh, but in order for the growth rate to, to reach those kinds of numbers, uh, you know, an international level, you know, tournament event could be hosted somewhere. We need to find ways of getting the game to be more adoptable by the uh, new player who's not, you know, a hardcore card gamer who's just, you know, obstinately going out there, going to find a new card game to start playing like Sabaiku and I were back in uh, uh, January. So, so for, for, for those other players, um, finding a way of bringing more friendly assistance, even if it's someone else who's also not all that veteran of a card player in this game, just two voices together come up with better outcomes than a single voice alone. That's actually been the secret to my success. Most of my top level finishes have always included uh, playing with someone else. Arthas, 
Sabaiku? Yeah, actually, just pretty much Arthas and Sabaiku, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm honored, by the way. It is a real pleasure when I am uh, helping you make the decisions. And uh, I do try my best not to just tell you exactly what to do. You know, I try to lead you to make the decision yourself. I give hints. I'm like, hey, you got to watch out for this. So uh, how are you going to avoid this? Like, I'm not going to tell you how. I'm going to try to let you um, tell me what your thought process is and then I could help you. And then that's, you know, that's the best way you can really help someone. You got to let them think on their own first, right? And then you give them some feedback and hopefully the timer isn't running out. <laughs> We're always, we are always roping. And actually, Sabaiku and I, when we, when we uh, uh, co-stream, we do the same thing. One of us will say something like, are we not considering Twilight Prowlers? Are we just, you know, are we just going to say that's if that's a card in his deck, bless him kind of a thing. Like, you know, one of us will just throw out there. This is the kind of card that maybe we want to be playing around. But then again, maybe not. It's your choice. It's your game. But you're absolutely right. That is a wonderful way of helping rather than saying we need to do this to play around Twilight Prowlers. Well, if Twilight Prowlers is not something that the the deck pilot thinks needs to be considered, then you know, don't tell them to do it. Just sort of suggest, well, hey, you know, maybe this is uh, maybe this is something to think about because I'm sure you already have a line that you see. I do not possess that level of subtlety. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not after two beers. So yeah, so I think I think to 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 summarize what we're saying tonight, it is that there is a lot more to the game than most people realize even those who've been playing for maybe a year or two i i think bugs had played arthas i do i don't know if you know but i think bugs had played for a year before he joined the discord server and had never made diamond and then within short order not only made diamond but made diamond one so you know just just That's to kind of prove impressive it's very impressive for a few reasons one bugs is a phenomenal player and i told him that the first time i met him because he was making consistently platinum one as an ironclad player pre-nerfs and i'm just like i don't know how you're playing the worst faction to <laughs> nearly diamond every month that's insane congratulations you're a better player than i am uh and then just a few short months later he switches to shadow fan after the nerfs boom he's diamond one no problem um, but it's also a huge testament to just how good of a resource the discord server is and i hope that the listeners of this give it a try go out there say hi meet a few people make a few friends try out the friends channel uh, unfortunately you won't be able to message those friends in game yet but maybe uh, one day soon we will be able to and uh, if sheepyard if you're listening these are our suggestions on on how to help grow this game uh, the way that we all hope that you can. So moving on from our discussion, uh, we always try to end our show with a, a quick uh, shout out to our listeners and the uh, invitation to give us any feedback. Uh, Sabaiku, where can they email? We have changed our email address. I know this is going to concern a lot of people. We are now at thebroodsages at gmail.com. Hey, come on. That's exciting, though. A dedicated email to something like a podcast for Stormbound. That's, I'm really excited for this. We also, by the way, have a YouTube channel now. Uh, if any of you are looking for The Brood Sages on YouTube, look us up, The Brood Sages. Uh, on YouTube, the, there's no video, uh, but you can hear all of our podcasts there. And this week, I just wanted to give a quick shout out uh, because... Adio Taku uh, wrote, uh, gave us a, not only a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, uh, they are the first person to leave us any sort of feedback in an official capacity. And, and here's what they said about us. Quote, hearing the game has got a second wind. I decided to re-download and reconnect with the community. It's so great to have a podcast to listen to here and there. It's still new, so it's a bit rough around the edges. But while we're celebrating the anniversary, let's also celebrate that our community of content creators is growing and diversifying. Keep up the good work. 
Audio Taco, thank you so much uh, for the wonderful review and message. Uh, and yes, we are quite a bit rough around the edges, <laughs> but we are endeavoring to get better. Oh, yes, it's definitely going to get a little bit rougher as more and more guests are, you know, popping in the podcast. I hope I have not made it a little, you know, too rough for you guys, but it has been a very good experience and I really enjoyed it so far. It's very great. It's been a pleasure having you here with us, Arthas. Thank you. Absolutely. And with that, okay, how can, uh, aside from our new thebroodsages at gmail.com email address, um, you can always find me at uh, FreeloaderSB on Twitter. Arthas, where can they find you? Me? Well, you can, that's my name, Arthas Rowe. Um, you can find me easily on the Stormbound Discord. You know, I'm always welcome to chats, always something I'd love to do. You can also find me on YouTube, again, by searching my name. Arthas Rue. And yeah, I mean, I guess if you guys really wanted to, you could email me at arthasrue at gmail.com. But uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely welcoming some new friends. And I will, I can promise that I'll at least make, give you some value for your time. So yeah. And there we go. And even a shameless hint at uh, the possibility of additional guests coming up in the next few episodes. So stay tuned, listeners. Until then, we're signing off and hope you have fun.